You're listening to Solar Insiders, a fortnightly update on the ins and outs of the solar industry and what it means for consumers. With Renew Economy's editor, Giles Parkinson, and leading solar industry veteran, Nigel Morris. Solar Insiders is brought to you by Solar Analytics, suppliers of intelligent solar monitoring. Hello and thanks for tuning in to Solar Insiders, our fortnightly podcast on all things solar and things um, related to that. My name is Giles Parkinson. I'm the editor of Renew Economy and One Step Off the Grid and joining me as he always does is Nigel Morris, solar industry veteran and uh, manager at Solar Analytics. Um, How's it going? Fantastic, Giles. Uh, Although I think I say that every week, but this week um, is particularly fantastic. Why is that then, Nigel? Well, I had a great weekend in the shed with my electric motorcycle and, um, you know, <laughs> it's, whenever you have a good time in the shed with, with your toys, it's always good. We made progress. We, we fixed stuff. It was good. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, it's good that you want to share that with us and I'm sure we'll hear some more. Um, <laughs> I was trying to make a joke about Barnaby Joyce, but I thought I'd better not go there. Um, about what's in the public arena. Um, look, we've got a special guest, we've got a special guest today, um, Nick Francis Gilly, um, the co-founder of a new uh, solar retail energy venture called DC Power. Nick, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Good to be here with you both, Giles and Nigel. Yeah, look, um, Nick's got a fantastically exciting idea about crowdfunding a retailer uh, that specialises in household solar and giving a better deal for those households. We'll get to that very shortly, but first, Nigel, you've been on the road and you've been in South Australia where they're just about to have an important election. Give us a brief summary of what you discovered, why you were there and what you discovered, because that might be a nice segue into discussing with Nick what um, he's trying to do. I, th- I think it could well be. In fact, um, very lucky to get invited down. Uh, spoke with about 700 end users, in fact, across six different events, which was a great experience. It's always really good to you know, get out there amongst it and talk to people who are, you know, either living with solar every day or indeed thinking about living with solar. So quick quick overview of some of the things that we learnt from that um, and, and some of the feedback that we got. So firstly, across all those punters, interestingly, about 50% who, who turned up had solar. Um, quite a few of them have had it more than five years when I was chatting with people over, over tea and bickies. Um, turned out there were quite a lot of people who'd been at it for, for some time and they were coming around to the space now where they're saying, yeah, my solar's pretty much paid for itself, it just does what it needs to do, so how do I, how do I upgrade it, how do I expand it and how do I get batteries in, of course. Um, the other 50% didn't have solar and um, interestingly, you know, I mean, South Australia is ground zero for solar and batteries globally, I think, right now. Uh, so much news, so much press going on all the time. And um, so the other 50% who didn't have solar are very much aware that they should be thinking about it and they want to talk about batteries. Mm, so, yeah, just just to put a bit of context in that, South Australia now generates about 9% of its total electricity requirements from rooftop solar. That's over a year, which is far and away the highest in the world and is forecast to double that over the next 10 years. So that'll be 20% from uh, rooftop solar. Well, interest, interesting you should say that, Giles, because you know when we were chatting with um, over this sort of two and a half hour session that we had, we went through a whole range of topics, tried to tell the whole story, number of different speakers, and you know, um, it, it, even the people who didn't have solar, 
see that it is just inevitable. And the conversation that we had with all of them about storage was, sure, get storage. When you're ready, here's the numbers, here's the technology, here's what to look out for. But you know where the big savings are? The big savings are in solar. So before you do anything, let's get the solar part right, let's get the right size of solar on for you, and then we can talk about batteries. So huge interest, of course. Interestingly, a few of the most common questions, common themes that kept coming out, which were interesting for retailers, installers of solar and batteries to think about, because this is where consumers are thinking. Uh, number one question that we heard quite a few times was, how long is it going to take to install, interestingly? So, you know, how fast can I get it? And how difficult is it going to be? Um, there are a lot of other details related to that. Can it go inside? Does it have to go outside? Does it have to be out of the rain? What about heat? So they're thinking about it and they're starting to realise that it's a pretty high-tech piece of kit. Secondly, they often So are you talking about solar or battery storage? Storage. Storage, storage. Yeah, I was going to say, because I think yep. the solar is better, 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 better installed outside. Yeah. <laughs> indeed, indeed, I'm glad we've got you here. For Not here from England. Expertise. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point, Nick, actually. Good point. <laughs> So, yeah, they were interested in the technicalities of it. It was, it was kind of like Groundhog Day on solar, right? 10, 15 years ago, these are all the same kind of questions we were getting, all the basic stuff. That's what they're asking. Uh, a lot yeah. of them are saying, you know, can I get different sizes of batteries? Do I have to add more solar if I've already got solar? Um, how does the battery know what to do? How does it decide when to charge and discharge? Mm. Um, and one of the other cool things uh, that we that we had as a pop quiz was, you know, how many batteries do you reckon are, were installed in Australia? Just as a gauge of where consumers are at with this hype that we're hearing. And the answer ranged from anywhere between 200 batteries to a million batteries. And, and people are passionate about their answers, interestingly. And that's um, the motor cells, what the real answer is, probably about 10,000? Probably about 10, 10, 10, 10, somewhere between 10 and 15,000, I reckon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So, Nick, so, Nick, yeah. Nick I, I just want to use this opportunity. I mean, obviously, there's a huge amount of interest. There's already a lot of solar installed in households in Australia, probably 20% nationwide, 30% in places like South Australia, a bit less in places like New South Wales. Is this driving, and, and, and obviously a lot more interest, I mean, a lot more people wanting to do this. So is this the sort of what you're trying to capture with, with your idea? I think, um, I, th I think we've come at it. I mean, what's interesting, Nigel, about what you say is that we went around the country and asked similar questions in terms of before we, um, you know, sort of set off down this path of creating, uh, you know, this crowdsource funding opportunity. Uh, but I think where we're coming from is that there are, you know, close to 20%, so 1.75% million households if you take out you know small businesses um that, that, that have solar and they have a lot of questions and i think our concern was why why do they have so many questions and why aren't they getting answers and then it it seemed to us that whoever was supplying them they were putting them in the middle of a of a conversation where you know we are saying the, the person they were asking that question was the retailer and the retailer is not giving them that answer not because they couldn't because Nigel you would obviously be willing to give them the bit of kit that could tell them exactly what their solar is doing and how to, how to manage it so it's not that the solutions weren't there and it's not that there aren't a range of companies across Australia that have come up with all kinds of different ways of supporting solar and solar storage in, in people's homes it's that actually the retailers you know are sporadic they don't offer it as free they don't offer it simply 
So what we found is that there were people saying, look, it's not clear what's happening on my bill. It's not clear to me if my system's working. It's not clear what I've saved behind the meter. And it's not clear even what I'm getting when it goes through the meter and I'm getting billed. I don't know whether it's actually made financial sense to do my solar. I really do want to do a battery. And Nigel, I completely concur. Almost everyone we spoke to is the most important question. Is it time to get a battery? But I'm not getting any of that support or information from actually my retailer. And so one of the things that, you know, as people, you know, there's, a, there's four founders in this, and we have been in the, this space now between us, you know, 15 years each, something like that. And we're all going, this actually is simple now. There are a lot of people out there that can make this solution simple. So why, why isn't that happening? And we decided it was actually about the, the, the way retail has set up. And so we thought, well, we could build a different kind of retailer that actually segments the market. 20% of people, nearly 20% of people have got solar. Let's give them the service that they need, the information that they need, and actually let's design it in a way that allows us to support them to reduce their bills, not increase them. So let's de-link ourselves from this need to sell people energy and let's get in there in, as, a, as an enabler of a connection and of, of a bunch of other resources that are out there, like solar analytics, you know, that actually could allow them to put together packages in their home where they've got some control and they can make some really good choices. And we think if you do that, you, you actually give them a lot of power. Is this like a solar as a service type um, idea then, rather than just a sort of a, a conventional sort of retailer that deals with the solar community? I, I actually think it's we. I think we want to start as a conventional. I think the starting place is a conventional retailer. So I think yeah. the, the, the the charging models differently, but you know it's a retailer. Um, we we we've decided to raise the funds with this retailer by inviting a hundred thousand people to invest fifty dollars each in a crowdsourcing campaign. Because if you've got a hundred thousand people with solar of those two million, then suddenly we've got a, a mid tier power company that actually in terms of its aggregating potential, you know, that's, that's 100,000 people that if you, you know, you could go to a mm. Tesla like South Australia did and say, actually we've got a customer, a bunch of customers here that would like to, you know, would be interested in buying 50,000 batteries. What would that do to the price and the technologies around mm. it and the cost of delivery? And I think at the moment we're waiting for others to act for us. And we decided well, actually as the retailer aggregating and creating that, you know that uh, the ability to do deals you know in mm. terms of buying energy in terms of the services in terms of you know extension of your solar or you know starting to think about solage or or even heaven forbid an electric um bicycle <laughs> motorcycle motorcycle Just motorcycle so yeah that's right yeah 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 no, I, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the guy who rides an electric bicycle and nigel's on the full works of electric motorcycle or I've, I've i've test driven an electric motorcycle i've got one more question because i think nigel's probably busting to ask a couple i've um, got a few yeah there you go i've got one question quickly you're asking for 50 dollars to sign up as a shareholder um and, and presumably that's an investment for which they get a return what else are you offering well, why would someone invest 50 dollars um is there anything else that you can tell them beforehand that um, in a way that they will benefit from this? So, so I think basically as an investor, it's an investment. So it's a $50 investment. We, with crowdsource funding, we can set the target at which point the num effectively at which point the money drops into the pot. We've set that target at $35,000. We've had some, um, some people value the company. If we had 30,000 
uh, customers using the service, you know, what will be the value of the company? And they said, you know, sort of $25 million. So we valued it at 35,000 people at 20 million to ensure it's a good deal for investors. But if we were to get to the 100,000 invest, you know, if 100,000 people turn up on the day, or actually it's going to be open for a month, mm. um, if, if 100,000 people turn up, then the value of that is somewhere north of that. Now, I mean, you know, I think some. You know, some people have reflected that that could be three or four times more. I'm not, you know, investing even $50 is, you know, this is a real equity investment and it's investing in shares to be part of the large customer base that drives forward a company that's focused on delivering a great service to people with solar. So I think that's predominantly what we're going to do. We are, however, going to say immediately, if you want to give us some of your information, we'll start giving you insights right away. I mean, there are still people, sadly, that have got a you know, 60 cent feed in tariff and who are you know, using their energy in the day and buying it at night when actually with a simple bit of support and information, they could flip that and do that the other way around. And you know, as we went around the country, 25% of people have actually moved into a house with solar and really don't know, you know how to get the best out of it. So there's a lot to do that we can do for people with a bit of information to give them some direct support you know, as a full free as an investor um, before they become uh, effectively part of the retail offer. Because we haven't created it yet, right? Nigel? Mm. Mm. Yeah, fascinating. Nick, and I wish you the best of luck. I, I think the market is ripe for, you know, good retail offers and innovative retail offers. So I really wish you guys the best of success. I'm interested in a couple of angles here, if, if, you, if you'll sure. forgive me. So the Snowy Hydro announcement to me is is a really big issue because that's what by by the federal government deciding to acquire a hundred percent of a retailer and generator um they put themselves in a very interesting position they, they, they would make them number four in the market in terms of numbers of customers they're effectively the same entity the parent which is the federal government, it has the ability to set policy and rules and regulations and then also enjoy the benefits of those as a retailer. I'm stunned that they can actually get away with this. And I wonder, what does, what does this manoeuvre by the federal government mean to you guys and, and where you sit in this marketplace? I think the, the thing that's interesting for me is, is that, you know, I've been now working on this for two years, Nigel, and, uh, mm. and been thinking about why we build a power company and how we might build it along with my fellow founders. And I think the interesting thing is here is, is the government is, is interestingly making it a play into, you know, a very commercial space, as you just said. Mm. Um, but, but actually there are, and, and actually the big three would say, well, so, and they would say, well, so therefore we are representing the people and we are owned by the people and therefore you're going to get a great response here and we can write great policy and we can deliver. I think the other thing is, is the big three power companies and you're saying they're going to be the fourth, you know, they, they, they are in a position where they can say, well, we're owned by super funds and therefore we're owned by the people of Australia. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is that I'm sure you know by going out and listening to people, we're not getting a good deal. You know, those of us who have invested no. and put solar on our houses know that we are not getting a good deal, know that we're not getting good information, know that we're not, we're not being helped to make the next decision on how we take this further. And actually, we can go to providers that offer bits of it like you or like a battery provider. Or But, but actually, you know, somebody who's actually in there saying for you and your system with what we know about you 
this at the moment would or would not make professional sense. Now you, sorry, financial sense. Now you might choose to go and do it because you want to, but actually we think the bit that's missing is about the powerlessness of the of the people that have invested in solar. It's you know it's as much about I need information to take control of this than it is about who actually owns this power. And so I, I actually I become uninterested almost in what the big players or what government do in this space. And as have like me as a solar owner, you know, the, 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 the many of us that have got that equipment, you know, we actually just want to be empowered to make really good decisions that will support us to get what we wanted, which is to save some money, you know, to make a difference in terms of being able to make some choices and for some of us to do something about the environment. You know, that we want support to do that. I, I don't, so I think it's a, as you say, kind of an audacious play and really interesting, but I don't think it changes the conversation we want to have with people or the service that we want to offer. Mm. So the democratization of retail energy, I get that. And that's, that's, I completely agree. There's people out there who just want a fair deal. They want to understand what's going on. They want to know what's really going on with their bills and, and have clear information, all that kind of stuff. Where, um, where the challenge comes in, and this is where I'm also interested, is knowing it's a pretty busy market. There's about 35 retailers out there, plus a bunch of you know, startups like yourselves who are, who are quickly coming into the market. How are you going to cut through? It's a pretty aggressive and pretty busy space out there already. Uh, you've got, you know, a large concentration of market power at the top end um, who have the ability to crush, through a marketing perspective, competitors. And now you've got the federal government who have the ability to do whatever they want, it would seem. Where, how, do you, how are you guys going to cut through? Where's the point of differentiation there? Yes, well, I think the first thing is, is that we are totally focused as providing a retail service for people with solar or people who are thinking about making that decision or moving to that. So yeah. there is, you know, we, we, so that's absolutely fundamentally different to everybody else there of any scale. I, I, you know, there are some small community groups that have got that focus, but we, you know, in terms of being able to scale and therefore be able to play in the market and therefore be able to get great deals, you need to be, you know, to be, to be sustainable, you need to be more than 25,000 customers and to be you know, significant you need to be at about a hundred thousand players mm. you know so we our goal is to get a hundred thousand people signed up and in, involved in this company you know in the next four weeks now I know that's never happened before <laughs> and and I know that you chuckle and uh, I chuckle to myself too but you know we, we 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 this is founded out of an organization that spent the last 15 years delivering around the world the largest energy efficiency campaigns in the world we've got in the Guinness yep. Book of Records several times for, for cutting levels of emission or getting householder engagement or getting people to do things that they wouldn't have done before and I think that's what we're bringing to this it's like okay well we can't do it because we can't get to the size we can't get to the scale we're not going to be able to get the purchasing power. So we, so one of the things, I, you know, I, this is a bit of a digression, and I know you've got not a lot of time, Giles, but, you know, when I, uh, Grameen Bank, you know, I, Mohammed Yunus, I spent a bit of time with him for a while over the years, and, you know, he used to say, we started the bank and then we got, we got bankers on board, and then it fell over. And then we started another bank and we got bankers on board and it fell over. And then we started the Green Bank for the third time, we got <laughs> bankers involved, and it fell over. And then we said, let's start a bank without any bankers, because we're actually banking people here that have actually don't have any money. They're going to pay off their loan cents at a time. When not even going to keep records of their loans and no banker will buy that well it's now the biggest bank in the world in terms of members and i think we
we're, I think partly we're coming to this to say, and you know, we're not inexperienced in this space, but we are, you know, we are coming to this to say, it's about numbers, it's about us becoming a power together, it's about aggregating that, so that's the skills we're bringing. And you know, we, we opened this late last week, and we've had 10,000 people register to invest as I speak to you now. So fantastic you know, we, yeah. we are in a situation yeah, awesome. where we believe the minimum that we will start is 35,000 and we'll be there on the day it opens. And if we, you know, if we, we get a little bit of a, a zeitgeist about this and it gets out there and there's only so much you can do, right? It's got to become the moment. You know, we could be at 100,000. And if we are at 100,000 and we're able then to let consumers say, well, we want 50,000 of us, then tell us all that they're interested in a battery and tell us how they're battery, how, what, what they want then potentially we can go out on their behalf and have conversations, Nigel, you know, with people like you or with bat provide, bat battery providers to say, at this scale, how could we do it differently? Mm. And that's the contribution that I think scale and numbers could bring. And that's our DNA. That's our background. And that's what we're bringing to this. Just probably worth pointing out at this stage that um, some of the other people involved in this include uh, Nick Brass, who is one of the co-founders of um, Energy Matters, and has um, yep. um, been working on sort of you know since then sort of commercial industrial solar plants, and I think um, you um, he sorry, and um, also your chief financial officer um, Emma Jenkin um, worked with Cool NRG. Um, which was that? Um, which was that company that actually did? Um, I remember you yeah, telling me about good. this many, many years ago at one of those climate conferences overseas. And um, programmatic CDMs, I think it was called. This is this it sort was, of right. magnificent, um, magnificent program that you sort of um, that, that you got from uh, one of those um, international carbon mechanisms. And um, yeah, this fantastic energy efficient lighting project in Mexico and other countries. As, um, and the I fourth, recall. just on that, the four founders, Monique Conhedi and, and Monique. You know, started FlexiCar or car sharing in Australia with, you know, with FlexiCar. Um, she sold that out to her. So it was one of the most profitable car sharing businesses in the world. Now she's helping the state government here sort out how you, you know, change the rules to cope with, you know, um, uh, taxis and Uber. You know, so we're a, we're a group of people that have been in the, you know, disruption space, if you like, have tried new things and we've done it. We've grown businesses to scale. Nick sold out. Um, energy matters to um, um, I forgot what he said. Flex, yeah, flex. That's right, yeah. totally. And so you know, he's you know, we, we are people who have done this now for quite some time. You know, fifteen years of playing in the space. So this is this disruption thing then, because we've got a lot of people with solar, and so a lot of people have been absolutely managed to reduce their bills because they've got rooftop solar yes. or they've got good tariffs or whatever. But really, the whole market has not yet changed. So is this an effort to actually kind of redefine the way that retailers operate and, and, and how the market can change? Well, I think, I think if we segment this market and if we are successful, if, if 100,000 people join up with their $50 to build this company, first of all, it would have been a very good investment because there's now 100,000 of them. Um, secondly, it will mean that the market, you know, the, the, the bigger companies will have to go, uh oh, you know, gonna, there's going to be different treatment and better treatment for people with solar. So we need to set, segment our market base. And that's good for everybody with solar. And I think the last thing is, is that we, we're just doing this campaign and, you know, we're spending one and a half million dollars on this crowdsourced funded campaign. Arena funded half of it. And the reason they funded it is it's the first time they've found a reason to go in to retail that actually brings solar um, retailers together to aggregate them. And if you look at what Arena have done, they have done lots and lots of support of B2B businesses. 
But what, one of the things that's lacking in taking those B2B businesses to scale, and Nigel, you, you, know, you would know this as well as anyone in the country, is that you know, where is the aggregated market that takes you know, a small company that's built a bit of kit, you know, and I've spoken to lots of them over the last year and a half, you know, that are dealing with 1,000 you know, 1, customers or 5,000 customers. You know, if they had 100,000 customers, their bit of kit would go from $120 to $5. You know, those, mm. those are the things that actually could advance this and could get us to that point where we're not talking about 30 years to get to 50% of solar, but we might be talking about another 10. And we're mm. interested in that acceleration and we're interested in a good deal right now for those of us who've made the investment in, in solar. Good stuff. Well, thanks for that, um, Nick. That's, that's really fascinating too. Um, and, and as Nigel says, look, good luck with uh, all of that. Hello, Thank Nigel. You. Be, Thank you before we, um, no, we'll, we'll keep online because we've got a couple of other things to talk about. Nigel, you've got a couple of things for the Shonk file, I think, haven't you? And, and, and then you're going to get all technical nerdy on us about perovskite. <laughs> Perovskites, yeah, yeah, yeah. So good news. Perovskites. Yeah, no, perovskites. Perovskites. Yeah, you're right. It's perovskites. Um, um, good stuff and bad stuff this week. Uh, from the Shonk files, you know, I'm always interested in watching what's out there. And the one that um, got my back up mostly was uh, actually watching some stuff play out, uh, both uh, through a dealer, an installer I knew, and also seeing it play out in another sphere, same problem on Facebook. And that is PV manufacturers avoiding their responsibilities on failures. It's mostly the bottom end players. It's mostly consists of email chains to other countries where you're trying to get support on products that have clearly failed prematurely. And just watching these uh, some of these manufacturers uh, try to wiggle out of um, clearly what their responsibilities are is painful so it is really interesting to see to read through their terms and conditions and you know uh, you know you just got to read the fine print and at the end of the day you tend to get what you pay for so that's the bad news from this week that we're still seeing out there Okay. Well, yeah, buyer beware, as well, usual. Um, as get, usual. N- get nerdy on us, Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I'm always interested in Perovsky. Um, uh, Perovsky's uh, the, uh, or Perovskites, is the sort of next generation of solar technology that everyone seems to be getting most excited about. It's where a lot of the R&D is going on. Um, and and I, I must admit, for the first time, I went, I, I must find out what um, Perovskite actually is and what the difference is. And so for the benefit of uh, me and everyone else, uh, perovskite is a type of mineral that was first found in the Ural Mountains and named after Lev Perovsky, who is the founder of the Russian Geographical Society. So there you go, now you know. So what's interesting about this is effectively what they do is they replace silicon with a perovskite structure. So anything that has the same structure as this mineral that Lev Perovsky found in the Ural Mountains can be called a perovskite, firstly. So that's what it is. It's a different, it's kind of like a different framework or a different structure that they apply the various different dopants to instead of using silicon. So that's really cool. Um, It has incredible theoretical efficiency, which is great. It's extremely simple and doesn't require high temperatures and other stuff, which is why everyone is so excited about it. So cool. However, one major problem that's been holding them back is they really don't like moisture. Some of the chemicals and um, uh, molecules that are in there actually absorb moisture, which causes all sorts of terrible problems and they don't last. So um, uh, what's come out recently is that uh, uh, the United States Renewable Energy Materials Design Foundation, along with a couple of unis, have identified the molecule. And get this, it's called Spiro OMTAD. 
It's apparently the epicenter of rapid degradation in um, perovskite uh, solar cells. Um, so who knew, right? Spiro omitad. That's the problem all along. We should have guessed it. Um, however, what's really cool is they've now solved the problem. They have found a new molecule that they can replace Spiro omitad with called EH44. That solves the short-term problem. And then they've also discovered that by switching from titanium dioxide to tin dioxide, they can solve the long-term degradation part. So really huge news for uh, perovskites because if indeed they can turn this into a production process, then we should see that hitting the market much, much sooner. Very cool stuff. And what we're seeing then is an improvement in efficiency and therefore a lower cost on modules. Uh, indeed, and, and, and I think that the, the holy grail in uh, perovskites in particular is lower manufacturing cost um, because it's a much simpler process, doesn't require as much energy and all those kinds of things. As a complete aside, and I'm not a nerd at all, so I missed all the second bit, but on the first point, one of the, one of the things that we've realised is, is if we had a lot of customers and we know what their kit is, and one of our customers says, hold on, I've got a problem here with a warranty, we can actually, you know, we have the potential of putting a lot of people together and asking if it's the same question, and even getting to the point where you could support a class action. So there is something about, mm. you know, as a retailer aggregating for people who've got stuff where some of those smaller players that aren't supporting, we might be able to go back and apply some pressure because you support them be because they are your customers and you are interested in them getting a better solar deal. Anyway, the, the solar owner's solar. friend. Yeah, well, who, well, that's the idea. Solar owner. Well, owned. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that is so important because at Renew Economy and One Step Off the Grid, we do get a lot of feedback from people who are frustrated by their solar installation. They're yeah. frustrated by delays, by poor equipment, and they've got no one to turn to because the yeah. retailer doesn't care. It doesn't give a jot. The silence yeah, is deafening. So. Um, there you I go. You're perfect. Action. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> look, guys, we're going to have to um, wrap it up there. Um, look, thanks for that uh, quick rundown on these new technologies, um, uh, Nigel. And, um, and Nick, thanks very much for this overview of DC Power. Um, mm, people who are interested can go to dcpowerco.com.au and have a look around and register their interest. Um, any final passing thoughts, um, Nick? Now, I wonder what language the Peroscovite speaks. I just, I, I think it doesn't matter. Well, I'm pretty sure that Spyro Omitad was actually in World Championship Wrestling when I was watching on black and white TV. But, uh... <laughs> um, Nigel, um, look, um, before we talk next, I think there's going to be an election held in South Australia. So fingers crossed. Yeah, lots of announcements down there and um, be really, really cool to see what comes out in, in the end. Well, yes, well, it could be depressing or it could be quite um, rewarding mm. anyway. Um, mm. It's going to be very interesting. Look, um, thank you much. Thank you very much, both of you, for, for being online again. Thanks to all our listeners. Please give us some feedback. Um, please tell your friends. Give us a review on your favourite podcast platform. And thanks to our sponsor, Solar Analytics, um, as usual. And thanks to you both. No, thank you. It was fun. Good stuff. Talk thanks, soon. Nigel. Thanks, okay. Bye-bye, everyone. Solar Insiders is brought to you by Solar Analytics, designers and suppliers of smart solar monitoring. By navigating the changing energy landscape, Solar Analytics helps increase solar performance and saves money. Visit solaranalytics.com.au, get empowered and make the most of your home energy.